said, I didn't shoot you, man. So you should feel lucky for that. That was a piece of audio taken from the video of Lawrence Crosby's arrest that was released back in 2015. Lawrence Crosby, who at the time was a Northwestern PhD student in McCormick, was arrested by officers in Evanston after being mistaken for a car thief. On the night of the arrest, a 911 call was placed to EPD by a woman who reported a man was breaking into a car. That man was Crosby, who was black. After the 911 call was placed, police pulled Crosby over. He exited his car unprompted with his hands in the air. Crosby was ordered to get on the ground but resisted, and police struck him in the knees and upper thighs before arresting him. That happened in October 2015, but it didn't come under the national spotlight until January 2017, when the video was released. Now, over three years after it all went down, I'll be sitting down with Christina Karich, digital projects editor at The Daily, about updates on Crosby's case and retelling of the story. Karich began covering Crosby's case with the release of the video her freshman year and has followed the story to the end. So can you kind of like take us back to how you were introduced and began covering Crosby's story as a city reporter? Sure. So it was winter quarter of the 2016 to 27 school year. So that was my freshman year at Northwestern. I was an assistant city editor and I was also on the city council beat. And um, the first week I went to council, um, I ended up writing that Monday for Tuesday, I ended up writing about a parking garage, I think. Um, so just like a very standard council story. But at the end of that meeting, um, at that point, the ninth ward alderman was Brian Miller. Um, he's no longer in that position. And he started speaking about this video that he thought should be released um, of a contentious arrest in the city of a Northwestern graduate student um, who was African-American and had, in his view, been um, arrested in a matter that was um, noteworthy and newsworthy. And he said that it was a violent arrest. And we wrote about that the next day. So that was the first story I wrote that week. And then after, um, the next day, the city actually ended up releasing the video of Crosby's arrest, um, which we then watched and I wrote about the next day. And so you go to like this council meeting and kind of see the beginning of the story starting to go out yeah. into the Evanston like community. What was yeah. kind of like, your reaction to that? Well, it was my first council meeting. So this alderman who I didn't really know who he was at that point, I didn't know who anyone was really, um, starts talking about this video and is like getting really into this and is like making this really long speech about how this video should be released. And um, I was there with another reporter and we were just kind of like really, con we were a bit confused. We didn't know what was happening. It kind of came out of nowhere. Then we ended up getting the video. It went up um, on the city's YouTube channel. It's no longer there, but it was there for quite a bit of time. So we were watching it in the newsroom and trying to like figure out how to report on it. So it's like not something you want to have to report about because you hope that like things like this don't happen, but then they do. Um, then you have to write about them. So it was it was an interesting kind of process to report it and get it out there. And then, and then there were a lot of national media outlets who were covering this. Um, and it was really interesting to kind of have, because we were like kind of the first ones to get this because we were right at the source, like we're in Evanston and like CNN isn't usually here. Um, I think some of the outlets like ended up linking back to my story, which was kind of crazy. There was just a lot 
of things like that were firsts for me in terms of like um, doing journalism and like dealing with a story that is breaking. Yeah, and I guess like what were the specific firsts that you experienced? Well, it was the first like breaking news story I ever dealt with. Um, it's the first council meeting I ever went to. Um, it was the first time something like kind of went national. There were a few outlets that like linked back to like my daily story and I was like, that's kind of crazy. Um, and it was also the first time I had really encountered a story um, of that nature and a story where it was um, police treating someone in the way that they did. It was such an abstract thing that happens um, with police interacting with that community to me until I had to cover it. So it suddenly became much more real. And the question was first, like, why did the city not release it? Because Lawrence Crosby was arrested in 2015. Um, and it, the question became, like, why did it take till 2017 for this video to be released? And it turned out that, like, the only reason that the only reason that the city gave for not having released the video yet was um, that they like nobody had explicitly asked for it. Um, so they were like, we would have released it had someone asked, but like no one really did. So then Brian Miller called for its release. As you guys were kind of watching this video, mm -hmm. was there aspects that stood out and that you thought yeah. were really important in the reporting aspect? Yeah. Yes. One of the things we quoted from this video and then that kept getting quoted by other outlets as well was there was police chatter from a vehicle um, later where one police officer tells another police officer, um, and I'm quoting back from the, tw the 2017 article here, um, one officer told another officer that he told Lawrence Crosby, I didn't shoot you and you should feel lucky for that. Um, and I can kind of remember like each person who watched this video when you got to that quote and just heard that, like seeing people hear that for the first time, um, that was something where everybody just kind of like went, oh my god. Um, so that was something that we ended up quoting and it was just this like very visceral reaction to hearing that on tape. So we quoted it and it's like, it's still a standout quote for me that I've like put in an article. Like it's one of those things that I don't think I'm going to forget. Karish says a lot has come out of Crosby's experience as it has made individuals in the Evanston community think deeper about race and EPD. And it's made EPD look at itself and make changes. This video kind of ended up being a bit of a catalyst um, for really opening up police dialogues in Evanston and with the community. As a paper as a whole, um, reported a lot on changes within the Evanston Police Department. Um, there have been a lot of community discussions since the video's release. Um, there have been um, body cameras that EPD officers now wear, which makes more footage available. Um, there's been a lot that EPD has spoken about. There's been like citizens, um, advisory committees for the police department. By no means are any of these discussions over, but um, since that video got was released, um, the department has begun a lot of conversations, um, and we as a paper as a whole have kind of reported on those. So I think Evanston really started talking. Um, I'm not gonna go and say that like things have changed dramatically, but there's been a lot of opening of discussion, um, and I think it's, it's ongoing. Um, things move kind of slowly in a city, um, just because there's a lot of like 
steps you have to take and a lot of things that need to be approved and they don't really go very quickly, um, but there are discussions being had um, in terms of how the city and the police department and the community all interact. And I guess even on, not even just thinking about like police and Evanston Police Department, what do you think or I guess hope individuals got out of reading Crosby's story? Crosby at this point, at this point has a PhD from Northwestern. Um, he was a PhD candidate at the time when he was arrested. Um, he was fixing his own car. Um, he was arrested because a lot of people jumped to a lot of conclusions um, and just kind of went with a gut instinct that turned out to be a very misplaced gut instinct. Um, and I think that his situation has opened up a big conversation. It's always, it's, it's always hard to begin to really talk about something if it's abstract, because it's like, oh, well, this is, some, this is a problem that we have, but like, how do we address it, and how do we attack it, and how do we contextualize it? So as soon as something happens in your community, um, you're like, oh, I now have a point of reference. Like, I know a lot about this one situation and I can use it to extrapolate out. Um, so I think in a way that was this video release and the arrest in general was kind of that for Evanston. Um, and there's been a lot of other um, instances like this, like within the community as well, and I'm not trying to discount um, anything else, but I think this one specifically, because he was a Northwestern grad student and because it went so national, with the reporting on it, I think was kind of, um, it was a bit of a catalyst. Um, so a lot of things came together. And I guess, what is it like for you? Like you've written and like followed this story since you were a freshman mm -hmm. and now his case or his lawsuit is kind of close. And for me yeah. personally, it was interesting to be able to take a story full circle because sometimes that doesn't really happen, especially if you're only at a paper for four years. Um, because at some point I'm gonna graduate. Um, and it was, it was nice that it kind of went full circle at the time when I was here and I was able to, f to finish the story. Where are we now in 2019 and what did you just report on in regards to Crosby's? So I just reported on the fact that his um, suit against the city and against the four police officers who arrested him um, was settled for $1.25 million in his favor. Um, and that now um, he can begin to publicly speak out about what happened um, because the lawsuit is over. And also it was really interesting to see just what came out of it. He's getting $1.25 million from the city. And that's a lot of money, um, especially because as the lawyer explained, like there were very little like physical injuries um, that he sustained because of the arrest. It was like bruising and things like that, but it wasn't anything like very serious, like he wasn't hospitalized. But he's getting all of this money because there were two expert witnesses who were brought in who explained that his online reputation was one of the things that had been affected um, by this arrest and then by the release of the video. Because if you Google his name, this is all you're going to get. You're not going to really get his LinkedIn or his academic accomplishments or his CV or like the work he's doing right now. Um, you're going to see this the coverage of this arrest over and over and over and over and over again. Um, and according to his lawyer, the two people who were the expert witnesses estimated that the money it would cost to 
restore his online reputation by kind of like suppressing the SEO results for those um, articles would be over a million dollars. Um, and he said, the lawyer said that it's one of the first cases in Illinois where someone's online reputation has been considered. And I think that's really interesting because it's something that we don't really think about. That's super interesting mm-hmm. to think about, actually. And I guess, like, is it kind of interesting putting that into perspective for you because, like, you are a reporter. Yeah. So it's like you're weirdly adding to yeah. his damage of, like, it's, reputation. It's, it's very interesting to think about because, on the one hand, there's no, like, we had to identify him. He was already, he was already identified. Like, there's no way we could have anonymously identified him in an article. That wouldn't have worked. But at the same time... Like, the fact that we mentioned his name so much and the fact that we wrote about him and the fact that other places also wrote about him helped this conversation start on the one hand where people were really taking the issue of police brutality and the issue of, like, police community relations um, and the issue of, like, the like police treatment of people of color. They were beginning to take that as, like, a more pressing conversation. But at the same time he had to deal with the fact that every single thing that was being written about him went on his like Google search results. So it's like, how do you weigh the benefit of spreading this information and starting a conversation within a community with the detriment that it's causing the person who was affected by this the most? It's a very weird thing to think about because before the internet, you like didn't have this problem. So I think that's something that we really need to begin to take into consideration. This is Casty Jackson, and thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Weekly. See you next week.